If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Happy Monday, everybody. What's going on? Welcome to another edition of Mean Streets, powered by FTN, right here on Game Plus Network. Appreciate you guys hanging out with me here today. We are going to continue our NFL team previews, and we're almost done. We really are. We only have a handful of teams left. We are starting the AFC North today, and we're leading with the AFC Conference champion, Cincinnati Bengals, who improved the offensive line. Joe Burrow is back, looking almighty and well. And, of course, he's got three fantastic weapons in the past game with one of the better, I think, maybe underrated running backs in Joe Mixon, who finishes a top five running back, but is not getting drafted as a top five running back. Last year, he had a solid, solid season. And I know a lot of people out there want him to be a bell cow back. Certainly, he can be a bell cow back. The guy is really explosive out of the backfield and can catch the rock. Uh, but last year, we saw a lot of Samaj P. Ryan, And they have another little sneaky running back, Chris Evans, who they drafted a couple years ago, who's a really strong pass catcher. And I don't know if a lot of people know about him outside of Cincinnati. Of course, we had Paul Daniel Jr. of The Athletic on the show last year to talk about the Bengals. Couldn't get him this year. He's a busy dude, but hopefully he can uh, drop by Mean Streets in the future. But yeah, Chris Evans is a guy that you know, a lot of Bengals reporters and, you know, of course, players and fans see at practice and they see the grabs that he makes. But Smudge P. Ryan still in this roster may hold back Chris Evans just a little bit. But we will lead with the Bengals. We'll wrap up the AFC North this week. And then I think there's just like one or two that we didn't fully get to that we have some, you know, some guests that cover those teams that are just going to jump on, like the Vikings and the Packers. I kind of want to revisit those two teams and, you know, We'll save the Browns for the end of the week, but it's really tough to to dive into their squad with so much uncertainty at the quarterback position with Cleveland. And speaking of Cleveland, um, Kareem Hunt in the news, you know, requested a trade over the weekend. I saw a report this morning that he is practicing um, as of this morning, but, you know, he he certainly wants a new deal. I don't know if Cleveland wants to give him a new deal. Why would why would you give him a new deal? I mean, he's a he's a really good running back. You have one in Nick Chubb. You actually have another one on the roster, Dearness Johnson, who I think is is a pretty strong running back as well. But you're most likely not. Gonna, I mean, they dished out a ton of money on Deshaun Watson. They made the uh, they made the trade for Amari Cooper. But I, I doubt that this is a team in Cleveland that wants to sign Kareem Hunt long term. And what's the trade market for him? You know, the, the NFL is so weird with with trades and especially running backs. 
he still has, I think, two really strong prime seasons. Like he could land in a situation where I'm like, wow, he he's an he's an RB one. You know, he he could be a running back one in that situation. But you know, I'm seeing some people that he'd be an RB one and with the Rams, like, would he? No, <laughs> like they have Cam Akers on the squad, guys. Like, why would he be an RB one on the Rams unless Cam Akers is going the other way in a trade? It, then he's not going to be an RB1. Still got Daryl Henderson on the squad, who's a pretty good running back in his own right. When he is healthy, it's a decent one-two punch. You know, if it's a 70-30 split or even a 60-40 split, it's it's solid. I, I doubt that the Rams are in on and in, in on Kareem Hunt. But nonetheless, this is a story we will follow. Uh, later in the week, I'll, I'll dive. I was looking at it a little bit yesterday. There wasn't much in terms of splits. We've seen Hunt alone in Cleveland without Chubb, top 10 running back right? We know how explosive he is out of the backfield catching the rock, and he's pretty good between the tackles. We've seen Chubb at times without Hunt. Fantastic. Especially towards the end of his rookie season. There were multiple games. I think there were four in a row towards the end where he had at least three grabs, uh, and then there was like four, I think maybe six of eight, where he's getting three or four targets consistently, and he was catching balls at the backfield. But then the addition of Hunt really kind of, it hurt Chubb. And when we talked about Chubb last week, when we were going into the running back rankings from 11 to 20, we talked about how Marshall got him that FTN mock at RB 16 in that range of 11 to 20. He was like the running back that you couldn't project for over 25 grabs, like 20 grabs, 25 is probably where he fits in maybe a catch or two per game. Uh, but if hunt were to go away, Dearness Johnson's maybe somebody that we can talk about today, a little bit later on, I'll dive into, you know, deeper rankings and also taking a look at, Actually, George put together this board I really like. I thought it was just going to be a list. He always does fancy things, and I like it. So it's just a bunch of running backs, and I got you know three sleepers, three busts, three must-own, three game-changers, three guys to own in PPR, three undervalued, things like that. Um, and Dearness Johnson, I think we just need to have him on our radar now, especially if you know, you're doing best ball drafts. You're waiting it out maybe to draft in your home leagues for a little bit. You see a couple weeks of preseason action. Hopefully no more injuries happen. But I think, you know, in your home league, why not wait it out a little bit? But there are some pros and cons. Again, drafting early in the season, Dearness Johnson. I look today, uh, drafts over the weekend. He was, you know, getting drafted in some spots, really not so much. But he's a guy that maybe we can consider. But, man, Nick Chubb can catch. I would like to see Nick Chubb have, like, a full workload. He's one of the best pure runners in the game. I'd love to see him get 30 to 40 targets, right? Then we're talking about him being potentially a top five running back if it was his backfield. But... That's all I'm seeing for news in terms of Cleveland. There's some other things that we can talk about in the next block. We do have the mock draft completed. I think there's one or two picks now left in this uh, fantasy football mock draft. So we'll dive into that. Again, like I said, rankings from 21 up until 40. We'll kind of breeze through 31 to 40, but we'll dive into 21 to 30. And then, as I mentioned, the Bengals are on the clock today. We will talk about them. I've got some baseball picks for you as well. A couple of hockey news items uh, dropped in over the weekend. Didn't really get to talk about Jonathan Huberto signed a massive deal with the Calgary Flames, an eight-year deal, ten point five million per. It's going to take him all the way to age thirty-seven, I do believe, and uh, good for the Flames, right? Because when we talked that they made that deal, their backs are up against the wall. They lost Johnny Hockey, signed with Columbus. Matthew Kachuk didn't want to sign long-term there. Everybody knew that he didn't want to be there, and then they had to trade him. And they did pretty good getting Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger. And now locking up Huberto, I thought that he would just play out the one year and that he would leave Calgary. But it's a little bit of an overpayment. Huberto's coming off a fantastic season. You got the Alberta tax there, so you had to kind of ante up a little bit. But good for Huberto. 
good, really good for the Flames to you know keep some talent on that squad. Got to like the future now that they they locked him up, and then potentially maybe Mackenzie Weger is a guy that they can lock up too. The defense looks pretty good. Rasmus Anderson, Mackenzie Weger, Noah Hannafin. There's some really strong uh, defensemen on that squad, and they're going to be really good in goal too. Jacob Markstrom. The offense may not be as legit this year. Losing Kachuk and losing uh, Johnny Hockey, but Huberto's a pretty good guy that can, uh, you know, at least give them a probably a top ten power play still without Johnny Hockey and Matthew Kachuk on that squad. And Patrice Bergeron signed this morning before we got out of here, or before we get out of here in the first block. Two point five million dollars for Patrice Bergeron, a steal. He's got like an incentive in his deal; he can get another two point five up to five million. But that is what we call. Uh, a hometown discount, a friendly discount for Patrice Bergeron and the Boston Bruins. We'll break. We'll talk about the FTN Fantasy Football Platinum Package. Got a promo code for you to save yourself a little bit of cash. Uh, but a lot of football here to come on Mean Streets. Keep it locked. Welcome back in. Uh, before we get to the FTN NFL Mock Draft, which is just about over. There's two more picks here to wrap up this draft. Going to get one guest, probably two. Uh, to jump on this show. Hoping Vlad, I know he's super busy. He did a fantastic draft over the weekend. I wanted to give him uh, a shout out. And Michael Gobier as well as one of our newest members over at FTN. They took part in a live high stakes draft. It happened pretty late at midnight Eastern. So you may not have caught in that. Uh, but you can go back and watch the replay. It was really cool just to hear Vlad's one of the better high stakes players in the game, whether it's football or baseball. He's a really, really sharp mind. He's got his best ball rankings live over at FTMFantasy.com. And it was just really cool to, you know, get his thought process walking through his draft, what he's thinking. I think he picked in the 10 spot. And uh, I, I actually, I hung out with him, but it I mean, it was late Friday night. I may have had a couple pops, so I don't really remember his squad. But I think he started with a running back. It may have been Cook or Swift. Uh, but then he had a little bit of a KC stack, Juju and Mahomes in there. So it was really cool just to walk through, get him to walk through his thought process and who he was thinking, who he was feeling, and to see other people in the room. It looked like a sharp room as well. Sam Shudry was on the show on Friday. He took part in that draft. Remember, he walked through his strategy as well. Yeah, bats at midnight, more like Vino at midnight uh, for me on a weekend. But here we are on a Monday uh, talking fantasy football. Let's go. So before we get into that mock, that draft can be found for free over at FTN Network, our YouTube page. You're hanging out here. Daily Handles in the house. George in the house. Smash the like button. We do appreciate the support here on the show on a Monday. Uh, but also, I wanted to give some love to our FTN Fantasy Football Platinum Package. Uh, it is live. Rankings are updated. I was uh, updating them over the weekend. Uh, but we have everybody really included in this package. Jeff Ratcliffe's rankings are there. Uh, mine, uh, I mentioned Vlad, Adam Pfeiffer, Tyler Lochner. Uh, everybody's uh, rankings can be found over at ftnfantasy.com. And, and the, flat, the, the Fantasy Football Platinum Package, you get everything. You get 40-plus tools. Uh, you get access to the Discord channel, start and sit tools. You know, we'll be with you throughout the entire season. So you will get all kinds of content throughout the season, waiver wire content. Uh, you can use the promo code MEANY, save yourself a little bit of cash. Uh, Tyler, I don't know if you have that graphic there. We can use it on uh, another moment. There you go. So $99.99 per year seems like a lot, but you can use the promo code MEANY, save yourself 20%. You see all the stuff on the right, like the checks, right? I mean, you get 40-plus tools, which is fantastic throughout the season. You know, first free tools, deep passer rating, 
there's some free tools that we have that you can just see over at ftmfantasy.com, like air yards and ADOT and things like that. But you get some premium tools included in this package, access to the Discord channel. You see coaching sessions from Jeff, Ra- Jeff Ratcliffe, his his game plan, you have 300 player profiles, you have cheat sheets for half point standard, tight end premium, super flex, PPR, uh, everything there, rookie scouting guide, all that stuff there as well. Uh, and then, like I said, we'll be with you throughout the season, but you also have high, some high stakes stuff here from guys like Nelson Souza, Vlad Sedler. And then throughout the season, you'll have, you can reach at any moment with the, in the Discord. And we will have all kinds of content throughout the week, like targets, touches and target shares and, you know, waiver wire stuff, buy low, sell high, uh, absolutely everything to kind of help you uh, throughout the season as well. Andrew Ford in the house, Chris, with Nuke missing 40% of the regular fantasy football season, are you passing on him in his current ADP? It's a good question, Andrew. I am passing on him at his current ADP. Uh, in a redraft league, in a in a best ball, I think Tyler and George and I got together. That may have been that mock that we did, but there was certainly one where I stacked KC or Arizona rather, and I had Kyler, and I went with Hollywood Brown, and you know Hopkins fell, and he continued to fall outside his current ADP, and I took him in a best ball. You can make a case for anybody. You know, you you just hope at that point you have stud wide receivers that can fill the gap by the time new comes back week seven, but you know, for Hopkins, I thought he, I thought he lost a bit of a step last year. The touchdowns were, were still there, but there was a, a massive drop off in terms of his targets per game and his catches per game. And now he's got this injury and he's going to miss the first six weeks of the season. I just find Andrew for me in my redraft leagues, if I'm taking this guy, like everything else really has to go perfect for you. Like you obviously have to have some stud wide receivers to kind of fill that gap until he comes back. But what happens if somebody else goes down? What happens if you draft? And no injuries, injuries are going to happen. You can't predict them, but you can. I just find you can get yourself in more trouble this way than you know passing on him. Is he a guy that you want to have on your fantasy football team down the stretch? Sure, it'd be nice. Like even if he wasn't hurt, Andrew, I think I'm ranking him outside the top fifteen flirting around wide receiver 20. So when he's healthy and he's back, I view him as a wide receiver two, maybe even a wide receiver three, like touchdown dependent. Uh, Kyler's still going to go his way. There's still some moving pieces there, but like I said, the targets and the catches really came down last year. I didn't really like what I saw, but my, my point is like, if you draft him and again, we're just kind of injuries are so hard to predict and, and, I don't want this to be a cop-out answer, but if you had Hopkins, say you had Hopkins and you had Adams Adams, and you had Deontay Johnson and like Hopkins is your third wide receiver, like which is what happens if Adams goes down and, you know, for a couple weeks and then you're stuck with two wide receivers that are just bench guys. And then I just feel like you're in a tough spot. So I feel like you can get yourself in into trouble. Um, I will probably have a share or two, you know, but it would take double digit fantasy football leagues for me to, to really be interested in him. Um, Let's bring up the mock. Let's bring up the mock. Where did he go? Where did Hopkins go? If you guys have it, this is the full mock here. Get a little bit, a bit of a sneak peek. So Hopkins goes like Marshall, Marshall goes RB, 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 and then Hopkins. So, you know, he's in a situation where he's going to start the season you know, he's going to put one of those running backs in his flex. And I, I tweeted out that I thought it was terrific value for Nick Chubb as RB 16. And he, you know, I, he, he agreed, of course. Uh, and I asked him if, if RB, RB, RB was his plan, like, was that your game plan or did Chubb just fall to you? And Chubb just fell to him. 
So he'll roll out Chubb and, you know, on a flex, you know, in this spot, he'll go two RBs and flex. And, you know, his third wide receiver, I guess, would have to be Lockett. And then he'd roll out Claypool. He's got, um, you know, Rondell Moore, I guess. he's He could, you know, Rondell Moore could be certainly relevant in the first six weeks with Hopkins sidelined. But what happens? Just what happens if Cooper or Terry McLaurin go down here? And I know it's what if, and you're shooting for upside, and that's what he's doing. He's got an Arizona stack in here. He's got Kyler. Uh, he's got Hopkins. So I get it. It makes sense. Uh, it certainly makes a lot of sense with this type of team to have Kyler and then, you know, kind of back it up with Rondale. It does make some sense. Um, but if you're going into your draft thinking like, oh, man, I really want Hopkins. I think you should attack the wide receiver pretty pretty early, uh, position pretty early, and you should get yourself, um, you know, cover your bases for the first few weeks. But I feel like – and he can hit the waiver wire, certainly. You know, he's going to be active on the waiver wire. Things are going to happen. But I would have be- maybe take another wide receiver instead of Everett at the end, you know, just to kind of ante up on some of these wideouts in case, you know, something happens. If Hopkins, Hopkins goes down here – or if Cooper goes down, then he's looking at a wide receiver core of like Tara McLaurin and Lockett and Claypool's already dealing with something bad quarterback play. And there's some question marks with the other two guys. So I do like his squad, but for me, I think I'm just out, Tyler. I think, you know, it's a pretty long answer there, but I think over, overall, I, I am out on this situation. But, you know, for that mock draft, I uh, I think when we brought it up before, we stopped in around Robert Woods at, um, what was it, round eight. Yeah, thanks, Tyler, for bringing this up one more time, just to show the people. So we'll, we'll probably get Pfeiffer to come in and talk about his squad, maybe Kyler Murray, talk about his squad. Uh, Ratcliffe's a busy dude. He's doing a lot of things for us, so we probably won't get him. By the way, he's got a new fantasy football podcast, so check it out. It's free to listen to. Ratcliffe's the GOAT. Uh, I, you know, it's not super long either. I love it. It's fast paced, quick hits. Uh, and you know, he's got a lot of great info in that mind of his. So check that out, but maybe we can get flat on here, but I uh, did exactly what I said I was going to do, you know, coming back. I said, I was going to look at maybe the quarterback position with Lance and Brady, uh, but Lance uh, goes to Pfeiffer and then Brady right after the tall guy Dolan uh, in round nine. And then Dak right before me, I wasn't going to do Dak, but you know, Jeff did Dak and I went with the two rookie running backs. I, I really, and that's exactly what I said. I would try to get one of those, maybe uh, three and included a cook in there as well. But cook went uh, in round nine. So I think that either one of Pierce, Algier, cook, or even Spiller in this range. I, I want one of those four. I would rank them. I would rank them cook. I would rank them cook Pierce, Algier and Spiller. Uh, a pick just went. Deontay Johnson just went there uh, from NMAC uh, 33. I just heard it in my ear. So you, you're not going to see a live update with the board, but Dearness Johnson goes there. So uh, Daniel Kelly's got the last pick. So that's pretty good value. Of course, as I said off the top of the show, maybe that's a guy that doesn't go, you know, this time last week. But now with Kareem Hunt requesting a trade and him kind of holding out and who knows if we'll see him this year, you know, Dearness Johnson goes uh, as your last pick. And, and that's great. It's a nice little sleeper flyer pick, right? Um, but yeah, so I just feel like with Pearson Algier, they're in really good landing spots. I talked about Marlon Mack before on the show as an undervalued running back, you know, the veteran back that may get the benefit of the doubt Rex Burkhead's on that squad, but let's be honest about that trio. Pierce has the highest ceiling out of that trio. He's the younger back. He's fresher reports at a camp is that he's looked the best out of the three and we can't be surprised about that. Uh, so we're getting him after, after RB 40 end of nine. Cook is a little bit more expensive where he's not as valuable, in my opinion. He's linked to the Buffalo Bills and arguably the best offense in football. Uh, But the Bills, you know, they haven't had this type of back in a long time. You know, they wanted to get that kind of running back. Clearly, 
they look like they had JD McKissick and then they get Cook in the second round. And then there's Algier, who we've talked a lot about. And I'm going to actually bring these guys up again a little bit later on. So I won't dive into too much of them. But Algier is in a really good spot as well to, um, you know, to, to take control of the backfield and certainly maybe first and second down and some goal line work there as well. So I just feel like, and then for there's Spiller, of course. And the, the Chargers, if we followed their drafts over the past few years, they've been trying to get somebody who can get some first and second. Just take a little bit of the workload off of Austin Eckler. Not so much inside the red zone. Maybe some goal line stuff away from Austin Eckler, but keep them fresh towards the end of the season. Make that strong push towards the end and get into the playoffs for the Chargers. Haven't been able to do that. But for Eckler, he's going to be fine. He's going to be just fine. Uh, he's a guy, really, if he took away all his carries, he's still finishing as like an RB2. Like he was really explosive and great last year. But Spiller could come in and steal some early down work. And if anything happened to Eckler, I mean, we could see this guy, you know, in this up-tempo offense, aggressive offense, uh, great play calling, really good weapons all around, fall into, uh, you know, a, a larger workload. And we've seen Eckler go down when Joshua Kelly's had opportunities, hasn't looked good. Justin Jackson, no longer with the squad, hasn't looked all that great. Had moments last year. Uh, Brown Tree's a guy that they drafted as well. So they've tried to have a guy, get a guy through the draft that could, you know, ease the workload and Spiller could be that guy. So those four rookies are always staring at me. And I think, you know, if you leave your draft with one of those guys, it's all right. Uh, worth a flyer, right? certainly at that point. Let's bring up this draft one more time and just kind of wrap it up here. You know, initial thoughts. Um, so certainly some value there, I think, even with Lance going in round nine. But man, Brady next to him. Are you kidding me? Like these two quarterbacks, why would you? <laughs> I, I like Josh Allen, uh, like Justin Herbert. I like these guys. And I think that's fine for where they're going, like where they went in this draft. I think that's perfectly fine, you know, in the fourth round, fifth round. Uh, but I wouldn't think about a quarterback until the fourth or the fifth. I'm passing on Mahomes. Uh, I think Murray, uh, Burrow and Jalen Hurts are really good targets there in the sixth. Uh, I think Lance and Brady, great targets there in the ninth. I mean, I mean, Brady, what, why, why in the, why in the ninth? Like, why is he, what is he here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He's the 10th quarterback off the board. He finished his QB three last year, quarterback three last year, led the league in passing attempts, passing yards, Tampa Bay pace of play is up in the top five pass percentage. Number one in the NFL at 66%. They bring in Russell Gage. Like, I don't understand why he goes as late as he goes, but I think that's terrific value in there. Um, some of these tight ends, I got Cole Komet a little bit later on. Uh, Albert O, uh, you know, as a second tight end in there. You know, I think you could do two tight ends if you don't have a top five. You see some teams here on the board. Waller, there's no second tight end, not needed. Dalton Schultz, not needed. Mark Andrews, not needed. Travis Kelsey, not needed. George Kill, not needed. I think, you know, Kyle Pitts, maybe not so much. Irv Smith, probably not needed. But, you know, you can plug him in there as a, as a flex play as well. But just looking at the last couple rounds, and, and that's what I want to focus in with you guys. Round 13 and 14, you know, no kickers, no defense here. Looking at value and, and your late round picks and, and trying to see who could, you know, return value and maybe be more than just a, a bench piece on your squad. So I'll start with the left and Joku, I think is great. Um, I think he could even finish ahead of Gusecki this year. Uh, Osborne, I think is great. I would rather Alec Pierce, who I got a little bit later on, but Paris Campbell or Pierce, there's been some glowing reports from glowing reports from both of these guys in camp. You know, it's not going to be all Michael Pittman. I, I, Matt Ryan is a good enough quarterback to support a, a second wide receiver in this offense and it doesn't look like T.Y. Hilton's going to be back. So, you know, I think great, great stashes there. Uh, James Robinson, yeah, absolutely love that pick late. Uh, Watson could be okay. He's really falling down drop boards, not with the team, dealing with an injury right now. And uh, Dubis uh, is a guy that's getting uh, more love in Ratcliffe. I was actually going to pick him. I was going to go 
him and then Pierce back to back. Radcliffe gets him, of course. Uh, he's snaking me all draft. You know, Palmer in there. I like Palmer too. Oh, he didn't snake me on that one, but I was really thinking about Palmer before I went car. Uh, Davis Price, Mac is like a undervalued guy in there, but of course Pierce has got the upside. But Davis Price, you know, third round pick, you know, could be okay. I, all reports seem like Elijah Mitchell is going to be the lead there again this year, and I do believe that report. Uh, in the final draft, certainly some value there with Mostart. Uh, McKissick, we'll talk about a little bit later on, but certainly in this format as a PPR guy, he's uh, top four or five in catches among running backs over the last three years. Just a couple years removed from 80 grabs. McKenzie, Hamler, uh, and Wandale Robinson. I th- and then we talked about Dearness Johnson. I think all of these picks in the last two rounds, all pretty strong, pretty solid. And the round before those two in 12, 12.8, Michael Gallup, terrific value there for Gallup. Clear Herbert, terrific value for those two and Josh Palmer. Uh, I really like the value towards the end. These guys are sharp. FTN, they're sharp. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hopefully you get something out of that. And it's not just uh, uh, a bunch of names on a board that you that you don't like. I think we can dive into it a little bit deeper later in the week when we get somebody to come on. And um, and you just kind of break down their team and their thinking. And we'll dive into maybe some breaches and some steals. And we'll do a live draft later on in the week too. Uh, we did one on Jake's show All in Football. And I thought, you know, people really liked it. It was, we got a lot of positive feedback. It was, you know, three of us drafting. So we got like an approach from Lauren, which was zero RB. I was more of a balanced approach. And Jake was kind of, I think he was um, running back heavy. So we got a little bit of everything in that draft. And and I think people got something from that. So if you're looking for, let me know. If you're looking maybe to do a mock on this show, we can do a, uh, do another mock. We did some best ball drafts, but they're very different. We're looking at stacks. Not so much the case uh, in redraft league. So we can touch on that a little bit later on in the week. We'll break. We're going to dive into the Bengals. A lot of running back talk on this show, but we'll take a quick break from that, and we will dive into Cincinnati. We'll look at them overall from a fantasy standpoint, from an NFL betting standpoint. They're not the favorites, surprisingly. It is the Baltimore Ravens, but it's pretty close in terms of winning the AFC North. Uh, The Steelers have taken a massive drop back, according to Vegas, and I agree with them. But we'll dive into some of their weapons. Is Jamar Chase actually worthy of going Early in the first round, bid first is the third or second wide receiver off the board. Joe Mixon, is he undervalued? T. Higgins may be undervalued. We'll talk about the Bengals. We'll look at their NFL schedule this week. A lot of Cincy talk in here next. Keep your locked. Welcome back into Mean Streets here on Game Plus Network. Chris Meany here with you. Taking a look at the Cincinnati Bengals. We're leading with the AFC Conference champion, Cincinnati Bengals, as we start to preview the AFC North. So you see their win total there at an even 10. You can use uh, the prop shop parlay calculator to get the best possible odds. Um, You know, I'm not totally into, I'll be honest. I say this with a lot of the team previews. I'm not totally in on, on win totals. Uh, There's certainly some edges that we've found when we've, we've kind of rolled through schedules and and things like that. Like, you know, the Rams and the Bucks and the Cowboys come to mind as teams that I do feel like will top their win total. I think we'll see this division be a little bit more competitive you know, maybe not so much with the Steelers, although they seem to always find a way to to kind of hang around, right? Nobody really counted them in last year, and they and they hung around. The quarterback play, there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of question, mark, question marks about the offensive line. But, you know, this Cincy team, 
I think, you know, people saw the rise and eventually, you know, the direction that they were headed and, you know, maybe they were just, um, you know, here, maybe I was in on them a year too early or a year too late. I think people maybe in on them a year too late, right? They were really, really impressive last season. Of course, the Ravens suffered a ton of injuries and they seem to be a little bit more healthy as we get closer to week one. But this is a team, in my opinion, that is the best in the, in the division. Uh, I like the offense the best. I think that they've improved the offensive line over the past couple of years, you know, getting uh, Kappa and getting uh, Kyrus and getting Collins. Like, these are pretty key additions to the offensive line to protect Joe Burrow. I mean, nobody was sacked more than Joe Burrow. I think he was like a record in terms of how many he was sacked throughout the regular season combined with the playoffs. Like this guy was on his butt all the time. And that was the big question heading into the Super Bowl game. How the heck is Cincy going to be able to, you know, protect him with Von Miller and with Donald? And, you know, eventually that's, kind of what happened right they kind of got dominated at the offensive line but they've improved it especially here um through the offseason they're 12 to 1 to win the conference they're plus 190 to win the division they're plus 280 for a wild card berth and 22 to 1 is pretty good odds for a team that just went to the super bowl uh but of course it is really really tough to go uh back to back and you see last season at 10 and 7 just roll through their schedule um this year with you guys i got it here in front of me so they start the season against pittsburgh division, division opponent at home against the Steelers uh, I would give them a win there so we got one uh, and then in Dallas against the Cowboys I'll give them a loss but that one should be a, a pretty entertaining game though should be a strong one and then back home or actually they're still on the road against the Jets they'll beat New York although that game last season was pretty tight did the Jets beat them I don't think so I did it go to overtime it went to overtime I do believe I'm just thinking about it now on the spot I mean I could check does it really matter you guys may not care but um 2021 Jets they lost to them. That's right. They lost to them 34-31. I knew that game was close. Uh, and there were some survivor pools that I think were ripped up uh, that week. But I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they beat the Jets. But clearly, it's not a cakewalk for them. Uh, two and one. Back home to face Miami. I'll give them a win there. Three. I'll give them a loss in Baltimore. I'll give them a win in New Orleans against the Saints. I'll give them a win against the Falcons. I'll give them a loss against Cleveland. That would be week eight. Maybe Deshaun plays. You know, if Watson doesn't play in that game, they should beat Cleveland. But I give them a loss. Because maybe like the game in New Orleans won't be a W or the one at home against Miami. I'm, but I'm giving the benefit of the doubt there. But Carolina week nine, there's a win. They go in their bye. They're at Pittsburgh. I'll give them another win. I'll give them a loss at Tennessee. The Titans can surprise some teams, you know, here and there. Um, I know they beat the Titans in the playoffs. But the Titans sometimes just surprise some squads, especially at home. Kansas City. That was a really good game last year. And that's where we saw Joe Burrow really kind of take off. That's when I, that's when me personally, when I started to believe in the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, at the start of the season, you know, Joe Burrow was coming off the significant knee injury. And in his rookie year, he threw the ball, like the pace of play was up tempo. He was throwing the ball like 40 times a game. He was well on his way to leading the league in passing attempts, or at least being inside the top three in passing attempts. The defense still had some holes. The offensive line was not great. It was like quick, quick, quick throws. Uh, and then he went toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes. And that's where we saw Jamar Chase like go off. I think he had like 200 yards in that game. And it was just a fascinating game. And it's like, okay, wow, Joe Burrow can keep up with this offense. He can keep up with any offense. And that's around the time where they took the training wheels off of Joe Burrow. Because when he came back, you know, there wasn't a lot of reps in the preseason and throw camp. You remember all the reports of Jamar Chase couldn't catch the football. Remember all that? He couldn't catch the rock. He actually fell outside the top 25 at the wide receiver position. I was in a 
and Jake Seeley's flex with a lot of sharp minds. I think I got him as like wide receiver 28 uh, in that draft, like sixth round or something because he couldn't catch, but also he was catching passes from Brennan Allen at practice. Allen was gunning him the rock. It wasn't Joe Burrow. And there's a little bit of rust with the Burrow and there's a little bit of rust with Jamar Chase, maybe some early rookie season nerves, but clearly the guy could catch the rock. Uh, but towards the end of the second, the second half of the season last year, they let Burrow throw and it was more up tempo and there was more passing attempts. He was clearly more comfortable with his knee. He was starting to run a little bit, right? Providing some sneaky value on the ground with his legs, which is something that he certainly can do. And I don't think a lot of people view him as a running quarterback. He looks like he's slow when he's running, but man, he can take it. If you give him 10, he'll take it. I mean, he's a really, really smart quarterback. Um, anyways, uh, back to Kansas City at home. I think they beat the Chiefs again. Uh, Cleveland is so like it's tough to sweep, right? We got to kind of give some splits in here. We'll give Cleveland that one, uh, week 14. So there's uh, there's loss number five, loss number six against the Bucks. They beat New England, they lose to Buffalo, and maybe they lose to Baltimore. I mean, that week 18 game at home, Baltimore, that could be everything on the line. So I got them as nine wins. Like, I got them as a nine-win team heading into that uh, that last game of the season. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a W against the Steelers, and they're right there at their total. But if you're looking to get involved in futures, like team futures, I would just, like, have some fun with division, you know, props or, like, division winners. Like, you can, you can parlay maybe Cincinnati – in with um you know the rams in with the bucks in with the bills and i know those three teams are heavily favored but you throw a team like cincinnati into the mix and you got a four-leg division parlay you're looking at like five to one or six to one i think that's uh you know more worth your money in there as well daily handles always has the updates so you know since we're inside the division well i do appreciate you following all the news for me justin tucker agreed to a four-year extension with baltimore for 24 million highest paid kicker in the nfl yeah no doubt highest paid kicker in the nfl it's a team for years it has kind of relied on their defense you know they run the rock and you know justin tucker is a guy that has a lot of game-winning kicks under his resume but mcpherson is like the new tucker right how good was that guy uh, ice in his veins. He was fantastic last year throughout the regular season and throughout the playoffs. I don't think he missed a kick. Like this guy was just absolutely uh, gold. Uh, he's so many solid kicks in the playoffs against the Titans. And there was a play where I think he was saying that he was going to walk off, right? We're going, we're going to the Super Bowl, boys. Uh, it was like a game winning kick that he had. So he was, he was fantastic. I'm not into reach, not kickers, but he's going to be a top 10 kicker this year for sure. And, and Tucker will go first overall. Uh, first overall, he'll go first in in, uh, in drafts. He'll be the first kicker off the board, but don't do it, guys. Just don't do it. Similar weapons. Let's get into some of their fantasy football weapons here. So Joe Burrow, man, look at this, right? I mean, he's going as quarterback four. It's kind of all over the place. I took this from the last four weeks of high stakes leagues. So he is, um, you know, he, there really has been anywhere from quarterback four to quarterback eight. I got him as a top top six quarterback. You know, I, I have Brady and Jalen Hurts inside my top five. If there's a quarterback that will bust i kind of think it's Mahomes, but like i have a hard time you know alan herbert brady hurts actually i go alan herbert mahomes brady hurts and then i go in with joe burrow but i mean this guy's a stud he's i mean he's fantastic think about what this bengals team has done over the past couple of years like when they got burrow they're the worst team in football the worst team in football. They set an NFL record to go to the Super Bowl within like two years of, you know, Burrow did anyways. Burrow, that was a record for a quarterback going first overall to get to the Super Bowl within the first two years. 
mean, that's it's unheard of, right? He's he's the man. He's awesome. And all these weapons are fantastic too. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, right? Well, I think we've talked about Tyler Boyd. You probably don't have the Tyler Boyd board um, you know, in file, Tyler, but this is a guy who down the stretch over the last few weeks of the season finishes a top 30 wide receiver. He finished as a top 45 wide receiver, top 40, and he's going as wide receiver 52. He's a really, really good wide receiver. And as I mentioned, Joe Burrow was throwing the rock a little bit more last season towards the towards the end. And that benefited a guy like Tyler Boyd. He's always going to have the soft coverage inside the slot. He's not like a game changer on your fantasy squad, but he's, he's like really good value to be like your wide receiver five or six on your squad that you can put in when we get to injuries are, are going to happen and bye week replacements, things are going to happen in there as well. Like it's just going to happen. Uh, and he's a guy that you can plug in, I think, comfortably as a flex. I don't think there's really any question uh, about that. The two guys that you really care about, so I just think, you know, Boyd's terrific value. Hayden Hurts, like double tight ends, sure. We saw some moments from CJ Uzuma. Uh, certainly Burrow can, you know, pr- provide value, I think, for Hayden Hurst there as tight end 24. He could finish as a top 20 tight end, but I wouldn't go inside top 15. And I wouldn't feel comfortable as him as my my single tight end in like a 10 or 12 team league. But T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, like Jamar Chase, you know, finishes as a wide receiver three. T. Higgins is wide receiver, you know, 17, but he missed uh, three games overall. You know, 110 targets for uh, T. Higgins in 14 games and 128 for Jamar Chase. More targets per game for T. Higgins. Like, I just feel like, you know, that gap is probably fair. Wide receiver three to wide receiver 10. But I personally would not be shocked if T. Higgins had uh, a better fantasy season than Jamar Chase. He's a guy that may get targeted more inside the end zone than Jamar Chase. But Jamar Chase is is definitely the better wide receiver. He's more explosive. I think you'll see more screen passes from him. You know, he was among the leaders in in targets over 20 plus yards. He took the top off a lot of defenses last year with his speed. I don't know if, you know, I certainly feel like defenses will, you know, they won't play press on him. They'll get the benefit of the doubt. We saw a little bit of that Jalen Ramsey, right? He wasn't playing press on on Chase. He was like, I know how quick he is and he could, you know, blow blow past me. So, you know, I'll, I'll, line back a little bit so we could see you know some more screens from him uh crossing routes things like that but both of these guys i think are studs i would draft justin jefferson over jamar chase we had the back and forth of jake Seeley on all in football can be caught on game plus network he was in on uh chase i'm in on jefferson i think there's more targets for justin jefferson he had 167 targets last year he's the clear-cut number one kevin o'connell coming over to minnesota it's gonna be more of a pass happy offense I think will benefit guys not only like Jefferson and, and Thielen, but also Cook and also uh, because Cook's going to catch some balls into the backfield and also like they're going to run some three, three wide there, but Cook will benefit from that as well. And also KJ Osborne, but give me the guy that I feel will have more targets is not really competing with the guy like Thielen's great, but Chase and Higgins, these guys could be right on par in terms of targets all year, more higher ceiling with Chase I think I'd probably rather a running back or a Diggs or an Adams a little bit later on in the first. But uh, I still think Chase will finish as a top five wide receiver. But I wouldn't be shocked, like I said, if T. Higgins is a guy that finishes um, really, really close to him, maybe ahead of him, more targets per game. It's really tough. I think personally, if I'm building my roster, I'm probably going with T. Higgins. Give me T. Higgins uh, the way I'd like to build my roster in the second, maybe early third hammer the running back position in the first or the second round and then move on that way. 
That's it. The Bengals are really good. All their weapons, fantastic. Didn't really touch on Mixon. He's not a bell cow back. Smudgy P. Ren's going to be a guy that catches balls out of the backfield. Get Got on the field at third down throughout the playoffs. He's going to continue this year. And if he goes away, you know, Evans would, you know, get that role. But, you know, if Mixon got hurt, it would be Smudge P. Ryan to get first and second down reps, not Evans. So if you're looking to handcuff with Mixon, who finished as a top five running back last year and is not going as a top five running back, you can get him and a first, early, second, maybe even running back 9, 10, 11, 12. Uh, if you want to handcuff him, it actually is with P. Ryan. Uh, it would be P. Ryan and it wouldn't be Evans. But if you're looking for upside and ceiling, he could take Evans in a PPR league. Uh, maybe he can vulture some third, third down work from Samaj P. Ryan. That's it for the Bengals. We'll talk about the running backs. Also got some MLB picks here on Mean Streets. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back in Mean Streets here on Game Plus Network. So I got a couple different boards here for you. We'll talk here in this one. I just this is pretty much it for running backs. We may touch on them once more, and then we're gonna like to stop talking about running backs unless news happens or like drafts and things like that. We'll get into wide receivers, tight ends, and quarterbacks a little bit later on. I'm gonna do this for every single position. So uh, Tyler, if you can bring up this board, it's like basically like three sleepers, three bless, bust, three uh, breakouts, and three undervalued. And some some things have changed for me over the past month. Uh, Clear Herbert's always really been a sleeper for me. Uh, I just think he's a really good running back. Uh, he may even be better than David Montgomery, to be honest. And I'm not really loving what I'm hearing for reports. I take some of them with a grain of salt. You know, I, especially him working with special teams, I kind of take that with a grain of salt. This is a guy that has like 90 catches in the last two years, Montgomery. I don't think he's fully going to go away, but this is going to be a run for his team, no question. Uh, there's some reports that they're interested in Jalen Rager. That just goes to tell you what they have at the wide receiver position, which is really nothing. Uh, so they will run the rock a lot with Montgomery, with Herbert, with uh, with Fields. I, I just think that Herbert deserves a few more touches. Ebner's on the squad, too, is a nice rookie who's, um, you know, has really looked good in camp as well. So Herbert is not going to cost you a whole lot. I wouldn't be shocked if he turned into something a little bit more. And we saw what life could be like without Montgomery uh, for Herbert. Really good. Same sort of deal. If Chubb went down, Dearness Johnson, we had some games from him last year, 22 for a buck 46, 19 for 99. He had a game with seven grabs for 58 yards down the stretch. He had a game, four catches on four targets for 17 yards. Now he's not going to get a lot of play if there's no, uh, you know, if Chubb is on the squad. But now that Kareem Hunt is requesting a trade and there could be a holdout, who knows, right? Like he's worthy of a pick towards the end. And if hunt is gone, Ernest can take maybe this pass catching role. And that's the reason why a lot of people like hunt since he's on the field, catching the rock with Chubb is the lead. And maybe dear Ernest Johnson is sprinkled in here and there uh, game last year, 25 carries one four for 58. Like he was actually pretty solid, man. The guy racked up 534 yards in hundred attempts, 5.3 yards per attempt, 5.2 for his career, small sample, only 137 attempts. It was actually a pretty solid back and 28 grabs, for his career as well. So he can get that third down role. He can catch some passes into the backfield. And then Eno Benjamin is a guy that's really just kind of trending up for me. I am following a lot of reports. This one's this one I'm buying into. You remember I talked about Daryl Williams as a undervalued running back. I think that um, there, whoever gets that third down role in Arizona, it's very valuable. Chase Edmonds caught 43 passes last year in that role. And Eno Benjamin's a guy that they drafted in the sixth round a couple years ago. It's just looked really good in camp. He seems to have the lead right now over Daryl Williams. Williams is the veteran back, and he was good last year for KC, catching the ball in the backfield and did okay running between the tackles at times when CEH wasn't on the roster. But, you know, Benjamin, I think he's – I mean, another guy that's not going to cost you a whole lot. He's not going to steal early down work from Connor, even though I have him as a bust. Uh, but the third down role is pretty, I think, significant, especially in the first six weeks of the season without DeAndre Hopkins on the squad. My bust kind of hand-in-hand here, right? Montgomery, 
just kind of talked about that. Connor, you know, not really efficient between the tackles, 3.7 yards per attempt last year. I do believe, you know, we're talking about Benjamin and Williams, you know, as a you know, third down guy. I think, you know, Connor doesn't have, you know, any, there's no threat in this backfield on the roster to steal first and second down early work from him. But, you know, if Kyler runs a little bit more this year, you know, without Hopkins, that could take away from Connor. And I don't think he'll be as efficient, you know, finding the end zone. I just think the touchdowns will come down and I just don't think he's going to finish as a top 20 running back. Uh, breakouts, AJ Dillon, JK Dobbins, Ramondre Stevenson. This is the last year for Damian Harris, but I do believe Stevenson is going to get more work. Uh, we saw towards the end of the season, some, you know, almost split touches out of the backfield. He's a guy that certainly can't catch out of the backfield. They don't give Harris the benefit of the doubt to catch. On third down, uh, Harris has dealt with numerous injuries over the past few years. Final year of his deal, who knows? I don't think New England has any plans for him in the future. They could just run him into the ground and maybe an injury happens and we see Stevenson a little bit more. But Stevenson, Dylan, Dobbins, these are all backs that I expect to take a leap forward. Dobbins is dealing with an injury, but I have no issues drafting him. I like the upside. And for Dylan, he kind of broke out last year, but I think he could top 1,000 yards. I think he could top 40 catches. Even with uh, Jones on the squad, I think this guy's going to be a big player in the offense. Elijah Mitchell, all, all we saw from Mitchell when he played was him getting 20 plus touches on the ground and he's the lead so far in camp and i know people want to make a uh, you know a play for davis price and i get it he's not going to cost you a whole lot but this is the lead in san fran it's elijah mitchell he's a really good running back melvin gordon talked a lot about him and james robinson just as guys i feel like will be involved in a timeshare it's not going to be all travis Etienne. it's not going to be all javante williams gordon actually had a better fantasy season last year than javante williams and they decided to bring him back for one more year even if it's 60 40 65-35, Gordon is going to be uh, worthy of a pick in the eighth or ninth round, finishing as a top 40 running back yet again. Break, and I got a couple more backs, PPR gold, and some stashes to talk about as well. That's right, we're already talking stashes and drafts not even happen, but if you're drafting soon in deep leagues, um, maybe somebody to draft towards the end of the draft. One more running back segment before we get an MLB picks on Mean Streets. The Boston Bruins just signed David Krejci. He's back after taking a year off. Uh, one year, one million. So I know these guys are a little bit older on and a little bit late in their career in Krejci and Bergeron. Uh, Bergeron but man, three and a half million for those two guys. Not a bad day for the Boston Bruins. Uh, Tyler, let's bring up this other running back board here. A couple other names to kind of bring to your attention of players I'm thinking. So rookies to own. Kind of already addressed it in the mock. Maybe don't need to do it here. But Cook, just quickly, they wanted McKissick. Looked like they had him, couldn't get him, spent a second-round pick on James Cook. Like, Singletary is not a guy that's like, oh, man, no way you're going to steal a touch from Singletary. He's too good. Uh, Cook is a, a change-of-pace guy. Brother of Dalvin could, you know, catch a screen and take it to the house. He's that explosive. Uh, Damian Pearson, Algier, just guys that I like in their landing spots, and I think they're pretty, pretty good running backs in their own right. Uh, I think leaving your draft with one of those three on the left, you know, I like Brees Hall, of course, and Kenneth Walker may have more touches than these guys, but you know, for where they're going in the draft in drafts, I think there's terrific value for those guys. Game changers. Swift with the top five running back in PPR formats before he set up the injury. I think Detroit is a top five offensive line. There's other weapons on the squad that maybe could, you know, step in and take a couple more targets away from Swift, but he's the lead. He's the guy. Jamal Williams is just a guy on the roster that, you know, is going to get a couple touches here and there, but Swift, uh, I think has league winning potential at the end of the first or early second and same with Saquon and Alvin Kamara. Kamara finishes a top 10 running back last year, RB nine, RB six in points per game. The reason he's going so late is because there's some, some uncertainty with the suspension. If it's two or it's four, I'd much rather take a shot on him than to take a shot on uh, DeAndre Hopkins who's suspended for six games 
Kamara still has a lot to offer. And Barkley looks really good in camp. A couple fluke injuries. Offensive lines improve. Uh, Dayball is going to do wonders for this Giants offense. It's not going to be a bottom two, three offense in the league uh, just because of Dayball alone, honestly. Uh, so I am in on those three guys as game changers. PPR gold here. McKissick, just a couple years removed from 80 grabs. We mentioned that earlier. Uh, he's inside the top four in terms of catches over the last three seasons. He only played 11 games last year, and he still finished with 43 grabs. He's not going anywhere. They brought him back he's not going anywhere uh the rest of the guys on that board etn for some catches mckinnon uh for some catches out of the backfield uh ceh you know i hasn't had it hasn't had a, a lot of success catching the rock and neither is ronald jones and then white foreman and haskins just as guys to kind of stash haskins you know in tennessee just in case a lot of tread on the tiles over the past couple of years for henry same with cmc some injuries foreman was really good last year for tennessee filling in for henry and then white as a stash for leonard fournette two or three MLB picks on the way out. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back one final time. A couple MLB picks here for you. Going to go larger into uh, some MLB picks over at uh, Game Plus Network a little bit later on with MLB picks and props around the diamond. Vlad over one and a half total bases. Lindor over one and a half total bases. They get the Blue Jays on the money line. And then Zach Gallen, a matchup against the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, the Jays are one of the better teams against righties. I know that Jordan Lyles has been really good uh, at home this season, but Vlad's on like a 14 or a 15 game hitting streak. Two, 290 average against uh, right-handed pitching. He's got 20 doubles and 19 homers Lindor's on a heck of a hitting streak as well so and he's got a just a, a soft soft matchup today and then for gallon just on the way out here so zach gallon over five and a half the pirates rank 28th in woba wrc plus and ops against righties they're striking out 25 percent of the time against right-handed pitching third most and 26 percent of the time over the last month and for gallon could see a lot of lefties for the pirates today and uh lefties against gallon slashing 169 244 and 308 with a 248 well but could see as many as six lefties in the lineup against zach and gallon today thanks for taking the time to hang out we'll be back tomorrow cheers With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.